Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Says this morning, Lord. My soul thirsts this morning to know you better and better. My soul thirsts to worship you again this morning. Lover of my soul, keeper of my soul, my soul thirsts to magnify your name. Your name is great. Your name is greatly to be praised. Lord, you said, your name is I am who I am. Father, thank you because you are I am. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. Lord, you are my God, my righteousness. Father, you are my defender. You are the Lord of heaven's armies, the one who fights my battle. Lord, I give you praise once again this morning. Your name is great, and your name is greatly to be, to be praised. You said your name is Yahweh, and together with your children this morning, we cry out Yahweh. We cry out Yahweh. Thank you because you are our defender. You are our righteousness. For you, O oh God, are a shield for us, the glory and the lifter of our heads. Thank you, Lord, because you are the one who raised us up. Be glorified forevermore. Lord, as we spend this time again in your presence to read our Bibles and to fellowship in your presence, Lord, we ask this morning, speak to us once again. Help us learn in your presence and cause your name to be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Ayenike. We continue our study. We have been doing an harmony of the gospel study. Essentially, an harmony of the gospel is reading the gospel, the four, the four gospels. We call them the synoptic gospel along with John. The synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then along with John, it is reading them together, reading the accounts of events that happened in those books. And we said, as we listen you know, to each of the authors, each of the writers, we are better able to understand, understand the events, the events that we read about in the Bible. We also said, look, we take note of each of the characters, each of the authors, because they paid attention to different events. And we said that this was not a problem. Uh, this happens every day. If you call three people to narrate to you what they saw, they will pay attention to different things, okay? So it was not a problem that Matthew paid more attention to uh, the teachings of Jesus. Whenever you encountered an event, now we have realized that even though the book of Mark has just 16 chapters, Mark 
paid better attention to the details of that event. We saw one yesterday where they brought in this man that was paralyzed and they brought him through the roof. Reading through the book with the book of Matthew, we, did, we got, we, we, yes, we understood the story, but in reading with Mark, we got better clarity. So yes, Matthew paid attention to the teachings of Jesus. Mark paid attention to the events, the, the different events that happened during the time of Jesus and gave us a good account of them. Luke, on the other hand, compiled, okay, gathered all the information. So it looked more as if you are combining the events of Matthew and Mark are put together. So good teaching and paying attention to the, the, the details of the events. And John, on the other hand, John paid attention to Jesus' encounters with individuals, one-on-one -on -one encounter with individuals. Very, very beautiful. In reading and understanding them, you better understand, understand your Bible. Hallelujah. So yesterday, we read Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. We were reading the story of the paralyzed man who was brought in into the house that was in mark so today we start by reading the same story in the book of luke that's luke chapter 5 verse 17 and 26 i gave it yesterday i hope you were able to read it after that we will go to um we'll go back to matthew and then read read about matthew's matthew's call and um we read about the disciples that defended you know and all of that okay jesus defending the disciples as they were accused by the pharisees all right so let's see how far we can go today so luke chapter 5 verse 17 to 26 says that one day jesus was teaching and pharisees pharisees we said that Matthew and Luke makes it clear that they were Pharisees. Um, I think Matthew said that they were Pharisees. Mark says that they were teachers of the law. Now you see Luke now. Luke says that one day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. Okay, so does that mean they contradict themselves? No. Each person is just paying attention to details. Just go to church and tell people to take. Okay, don't you don't even need to go to church. Just go to your to school and tell your children, the children to. Okay, you might even say that they are children. Okay, go to your classroom. If you are in school, in the university, even if you are a master's student, and then let's say the lecturer, the professor says, okay, give me an account or just give me a brief of what this semester has been has been like with you and then let's even say five people write what the semester has been their lectures uh, what they encountered during their lectures and everything huh, you will be you will be shocked you will be shocked in fact you will think that they did not all attend the same lecture they attended the same lecture or attended the same classes and everything, but they paid, they will pay attention to different details. That's just human beings, okay? So, 
Luke tells us that it is the Pharisees and teachers of the law that were sitting there. Since they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, we said that Luke, all everything that we have been reading currently are part of Jesus' Galilean Galilean ministry. So we did part three of Jesus' Galilean ministry yesterday. Today is part three. It says, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. This detail, you realize now that only Luke gives us this part that the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. It says some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Since when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. So we better understand it now that look, they were desperately trying to get their friend into the meeting room where Jesus was, but the crowd was just just too much. Okay, so they were not able to. So when Mark tells us, Mark explains it, right? Mark tells us that they did the same thing, explained that look, they tried and everything, and then they climbed up on the roof. And then Mark told us that Jesus saw their faith. Yes, what Jesus saw was their desperation. Ah, our friend must, must see Jesus today. He says they lowered him on his mat through the tires into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, saw their desperation, when Jesus saw their faith, verse 20, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Verse 21, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves. They didn't say it out, but Jesus knew what they were thinking, perceived what they were thinking. In fact, Mark tells us what they were thinking in their hearts. It says the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Okay, so for those who contend, okay, that Jesus was also God when he walked on the earth, then this becomes a problem for you. Because even the Pharisees know that only, only God can forgive sins. Now, Jesus did not say, friend, God forgives your sins. Then he would have been praying for him on, he would have been praying on his behalf to God. Instead, Jesus tells him, your sins are forgiven as if he is the one that was forgiven, forgiving the man of his sins. And yes, Jesus is the one forgiving him. So they said, blasphemy, wolf can forgive sins, but God alone. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Same as Mark. 
which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk what do you think which one is easier <laughs> you would think that the easier one is to just talk right to say your sins are forgiven okay so nobody will know whether the person's sins are forgiven or not right <laughs> nobody will even know if it happened or not yes no <laughs> but in this instance jesus is trying to tell them that look the harder one actually is to say that your sins are forgiven to claim to say i have forgiven this man's sins you know why it means that if indeed the man's sins have been forgiven then the consequences of his sin should also disappear that is why jesus is adding that part to say um, which one is other to tell him to get up and walk because for him to get up and walk would mean that his sins have been forgiven and God was healing him hmm? <laughs> so when Jesus asked them he knew what he was doing so he was trying to tell them that the first two part had happened and let me prove to you that the second that it has happened Oga, get up and walk <laughs> your sins are forgiven not to say get up and walk but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. Immediately, immediately, oh, the Bible says so, immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Hi, we have seen, I can just imagine <laughs> what the Pharisees were like when Jesus healed this man because they would have been shocked. Does this mean that this man is actually the son of God? Or does this mean that this man is God? <laughs> That's what they would have been thinking. Does this mean that this man is God himself? Because only God, they said, can forgive sins. Hallelujah. All right, so let's continue our study this morning. We have completed uh, the accounts of three of the synoptic gospels by looking at what each of them says about this paralyzed man. Okay, so now let's go back to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Yesterday we read Matthew chapter 9 from verse 1 to 8. That's the story of the paralyzed man, right? Okay, so today let's read the calling of Matthew. Yes, we find that in Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 to 17. It says, as Jesus went on from there, so far all that we have seen about the call have been about Andrew, Peter, James, and John. <clears throat> and then in John's case, okay, we saw the calling of Philip and Nathaniel, okay, but they were never among the twelve. He says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Okay, so at this point, Jesus was already very popular. <laughs> If Jesus asks you, even the governor at this point, to follow him, you will follow him. <laughs> because 
following Jesus uh, was more profitable. In fact, was more popular than what anything that any other person was doing compared to Andrew, Peter, James, and John who followed him just at the start, the beginning of his ministries. Get up, Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Okay? Many tax collectors came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the elderly who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Jesus is speaking as if he is talking on the behalf of God. And yes, he was representing God. He is the bodily form of the Godhead. I desire mercy. What I want to see is mercy, not your sacrifices that you are bringing. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, it says, For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Hallelujah. All right. So let's read Mark chapter 2. Yes. So that was the calling the calling of Matthew, the calling of Matthew, Matthew the task collector, and we see the events that happened around the call. Okay, um, Matthew's colleagues flocked to Jesus. Okay, at least now that Jesus, a task collector, could come to Jesus, surely all of them wanted to come to Jesus also. So, Matthew chapter, let's read Matthew chapter 3, same event, remember. These are the synoptic gospels, so they, tend to, they tended to pay attention to the same events. Now, with this, you know that you ought to pay attention to those things that you find in all four gospels, right? <laughs> so we've seen uh, Jesus is returning to Galilee, coming to Galilee. That is in all the synoptic gospel. We've seen the baptism of Jesus and the temptation of Jesus. That is in all the Gospels. Okay, so we pay attention to them as we read through. So let's read, let's read Mark, and we will see this in Mark chapter two, verse thirteen to seventeen. Have you noticed that they tended to almost use the same verse verses, but when it comes to describing particular events, Mark pays more attention. So we read Mark chapter 13, Mark chapter 13 to 17. Since once again Jesus went out beside the lake, a large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw, okay? <laughs> Later we will, saw, we will learn what he was teaching them. Uh, you will see, Matthew will tell us. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus. That is Matthew. Okay, Matthew is the same person as Levi, son of Alphaeus. He says, sitting at the task collector's booth, follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house. 
while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why? Why is he going around eating with tax collectors and sinners? He says, On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners you know i think my my pastor said last sunday and i say this quite frequently if jesus was around today many of us with the way we do religion we would not have followed jesus in fact we would likely have condemned jesus along with the pharisees i know somebody is saying god forbid i would never have done that oh okay so now, imagine if you were living in Jesus' time. There is this guy that they call the Son of God, but his own is to be going about, you know, he goes about, sinners have access to him. Let's say you come to their church, you see prostitutes, you see, you see wine bibers, people who come, maybe even came in with their bottle of their beer. How many of us will attend those churches? Aha, okay, yes, that's what I'm talking about. You will likely not go back to that church. To that church. Aha, so when you saw Jesus' gathering, those are the kind of people that were there. So Jesus was clarifying, I did not come for the righteous, I came for sinners. So if I came for sinners, the people you should see around me, eh, the people that you should see around me should be sinners. Not those who are already churchgoers or would know that they are already righteous. So oftentimes I say that uh, a lot of us are like the Pharisees. Hey, God have mercy on us. All right, so let's read Luke's account of this. And we find this in Luke chapter 5. We'll read from Luke chapter 5. We'll read from verse 27 to 32. Verse 27 to 32. Since after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, sitting as it at his tax booth. Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. How many of us would have called a tax collector, you know, to be born again if during our time? You know who were tax collectors? These were the 419s, okay, who would... Who, 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 twisted people and you know got as much money as they could from people these were those who would cheat people out of their monies okay they were the ones that were tax collectors okay and they did it with fossil uh-huh. they would bring soldiers to your house and then they collect the money by force these were the, these were the tax collectors and jesus was eating with them <laughs> are you sure you you will still have followed jesus um, <laughs> After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Verse 27, follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed Jesus. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd, a large crowd of tax collectors and others 
were eating with them. You see that large crowd? They will never have gone to the temple. Never. That large crowd. They would never have gone to any synagogue. Never. So, for example, in Daystar, when we organize events, you know, I have someone has come to my church, our church before, and actually called me aside at the end of the service. I said, Pastor, I am not comfortable. I like the message, oh, the message. I, I was blessed by the message. In fact, I could see she was literally shaking when she was saying this. I was blessed by the message. The message really lifted my soul. But pastor, I am just not comfortable. See that person on the stage. Eh? It looks like this. Look at this person. They are wearing this. Look at this person that they are... <laughs> I allowed her to finish very well. And then I told her. What did she think the church was? What did she think? The church is an hospital. It is people like this that Jesus wants to be to come to a church. And when he is finished with them, they should look like this. Aha! Or they should look like what you, in quotes, what you are calling uh, righteous. Aha! But they are coming from somewhere. If you went to Jesus' gathering, those are the kind of people you saw in his gathering. Eh? So, the same crowd that could not go to all of their events came to this event. You saw the large crowd following Jesus. You think they were people that you will call righteous? They were the one following Jesus? No. They were the one that they were bad from entering the temple, bad from entering the synagogues. They were the ones that were following Jesus. <laughs> oh, you see, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with, with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to, to their sects, you see them, they have their sects, Complains to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Exactly the same event is recorded in all, all three synoptic gospel. Okay? Let's move on. Let's now go back to Matthew. Okay, so you see, I'm sure you're getting the gist on, on how we read it now, right? We'll go back to Matthew chapter 9 now. Yes, we'll go back to reading Matthew chapter 9. But all three record the reading, um, record this event of, the, of Jesus calling Levi. Matthew says Jesus calling, uh, calling Matthew, right? Yeah, he actually calls it the calling of Matthew, or we put the heading as the calling of Matthew. Okay, so but Mark and Luke records this as the calling of Levi. So let's go back. Let's go back to the book of Matthew. Now we read Matthew chapter fourteen, Matthew chapter fourteen to seventeen. This one is Jesus's question about fasting, and here yeah, Jesus will defend his disciples. Okay, so. It says, then Jesus, Jesus, then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Eh? Jesus answered, How can the guests, the guests of the bridegroom, mourn while he is with them? Eh? How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. Jesus is not objecting to fasting. No. He is saying that I, the bridegroom, I am right here. Uh -huh. They don't need to fast now. 
because I am right here. Jesus did not encourage them to fast. He didn't see Jesus holding prayer meetings with them. It's not that Jesus is saying that fasting was wrong or praying was wrong. No, they were going to do that when the, when the bridegroom leaves, when the bridegroom is taken away, Jesus said. He said, then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk clothes on an old garment for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wine skin. If they do, the skin will burst. The wine will run out and the wine skin will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wine skins and both are preserved. They pour new wine into new wine skin. Jesus is essentially telling them, what you have is old wine. What I have is new wine and they only pour new wine into new wine skins in other words some of the things i'm going to be doing and saying are going to be contrary to what you guys have always known they pour new wine into new wine wine skins all right now let's go to the book of mark and let's read about this same event jesus questioned about fasting mark chapter 2 from verse 18, Mark chapter 2, from verse 18 to 22. Yes, about the same number of verses they use. says, now John's disciples, so these were John's disciples that asked this question. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. They were fasting, and that was why they asked. Why is it that we are always fasting, but your guys don't fast? So John, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the pharisees are fasting but yours are not okay maybe there are periods in which they fast and when they are fasting everybody has to see them that they are suffering <laughs> uh, yes because there will be a time that jesus will tell them when you are fasting or god enter your house and shut the door so that nobody will know that you are fasting but at least everybody could see that they were fasting so Jesus answered verse 19, How can the guest of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? Same answer. They cannot, they cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come where the, when the bridegroom will be taken from them and, and on that day they will, they will fast. It says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk clothes on an old garment otherwise the new piece will be pulled away we pull away from the old making the tear worse and no one pours new wine into old wine skin otherwise the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wine skins will be ruined no they pour new wine into new wine skins they pour new wine i i wish i could I could take a teaching on this. They pour new wine into new wine skin. If what you have is new wine, it should be poured into new wine skin. Okay? If what you have is the new, it should be poured into new containers, not the old, because it will just it will simply uh, destroy and rip and everything apart. Okay? So, we now go to Luke. Let's read Luke's account and we stop there today. Same event, we'll find out in Luke chapter 5. We'll read from verse 33 to 39. It says, They said to him, John's disciples often fast 
and pray and so do the disciples of the pharisees but yours do yours go on eating and drinking <laughs> you see <laughs> luke has given us a, a different bent now jesus answered can can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them but the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them in those days they will fast he told them this parable no parable so that thing itself was a parable no one tears a piece of old no one tears a piece out of a new parchment garment to patch an old one otherwise they will have they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old you see the explanation is better now right yes it will not match the old and no one pours new wine into old wine skin otherwise the new will burst the skin the wine will run out and the wine screen skin will be ruined no new wine must be poured into new wine skin and no one after drinking old wine wants the new for they say the old is better hallelujah you see that now it's 39 only luke gives us no one after drinking old wine wants the new for they say the old is better but essentially no one no you no one pours new wine into old wine skin they pour it in new into new wine skin hallelujah i don't know about you i've been blessed with our studies our studies today so as we go please practice these things remember pour new wine into new wine skins number two i hope you learned from jesus calling levi calling matthew and those who followed jesus jesus said i have not come for the righteous for those who think that they are righteous i have come for sinners that is what our churches should look like they should be a place that attracts those who need jesus those who are looking for jesus that is what our churches should be like father we say thank you this morning we give you all the praise lord help us to love you more and more help us to practice the word to live by the word i pray for everyone let today be a day of increase for them lord let them experience fruitfulness today in the name of jesus father we say thank you in jesus mighty name we pray amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day